is alive in your heart today. Amen. If he's not, man, today's the day to let him in. Amen. I believe he can make a change in your life. Amen. I hope you'll sing with me this morning. We're going to sing of his splendor, the splendor of the King. 
this morning. Man, musicians play play softly there. We're going to change the order of our service, take our special needs at this time. Um, at the end of announcing these, we're also, for the sake of time, going to ask the deacons to come forward with the offering plate, and we're going to pray over the offering at that time as well. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Danny Florian if he would be ready to take these needs to the Lord for us. Amen. I want to remember uh, Brother and Sister Smith this morning in prayer. Amen. Uh, they're still not feeling well, dealing with sickness, and we just want to pray for them, that God would touch their bodies. Amen. I know their heart's desire would be to gather with us, amen, and be here on this morning. Keep them in your prayers. Remember the Sylvester's, Sister Jackie Sylvester is away at this time. Amen. We want to remember the McCafferty family, the Knobloks as well are not with us. Brother Keith Buchanan was not able to make it today, so if you could remember him in prayer as well. I have a request here for Sister Jackie Whitlock. Uh, she's not feeling well today, so if you, if you would keep her in your prayers. Um, I have a special request for Sister Becky's niece. Uh, she's in the hospital. I have a special need here for Sister from Sister Diane uh, for a friend, her son has appendicitis and will be possibly having surgery on Monday. Man, very serious situation, so let's keep that individual in prayer as well. Amen. Unspoken prayer requests by the uplifting of hands. And God knows the need on your heart. We're going to pray with you. Amen. This Sunday... Easter morning, Lord Father, we're just so grateful to, to have a place to come forward to, Lord, with our expectations, Lord. And we know there's nothing, Lord Father, that's too big of an ask, Lord, and you know all the needs of your people, all these needs that have been spoken, Lord Father, we just place them now in your hands. Lord, I pray for the tithes and offerings, Lord, may they be used for your kingdom, Lord Father, and I just pray now that 
something be said today, Lord Father, that is meant for our hearts, for our ears to hear. We place it all in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. You can have your seats. The choir will be singing a special for us this morning. would like for them to be making themselves ready. At this time, while they're making ready, we're going to sing the power of His love. Amen. Lord, I come to You. Let my heart be changed. Be flowing from the grave that I found in You. Lord, I've come to the power of your
turns the day to night and watches me as I begin to dream. Jesus, it is you who brings me food for my table, who cares for all of my needs, who walks the road with me, has grumbled me through all that I have been. Jesus, it is you, my Jesus, it is you.
That sounds fitting. Thank you, Sister Laura. Thank you, Mitchell, and all the choir. We sure appreciate that this morning. It's just a real blessing to have the choir together again and uh, being able to sing for the glory of God like that. It's just uh, that's special. And uh, we are honored to have all of you here today. Good to see so many of you and family and friends. And we just trust that the Lord will bless you today and speak to your hearts and uh, allow you to participate and partake of the blessings of uh, his presence, which is a wonderful thing. So uh, we're going to sing another little chorus here this morning, but let me just get, uh, we're going to have, uh, I'm going to limit my uh, comments here this morning, believe it or not, uh, because I, I want to give uh, ample time to Brother Sam and allow him to be able to share what's on his heart. And so tonight actually we'll uh, add in just a, a couple little pieces here, but uh, just as a uh, precautionary word, and we'll talk about this a little bit more later. Uh, there are two areas out here which we want to keep the kids away from today, and I know all the kids will be here between service, and one of them is the, the rocks that are out, yes, this is what I'm saying, the rocks out here that are part of the drain system underneath the walkway between the church and the shelter. Okay, so there are big rocks out there that are around the pipes. And there's a set of rocks out here in the front where there's a drain that runs out onto the, from the fellowship hall out onto the parking lot. Some of you are really scratching your heads and looking at me. But when you go out there, you'll see there's like big beach rocks out there. Don't touch the beach rocks because they're sprayed. 
and some of the bee trucks have gotten moved around and they're uh, on the lawn and the lawnmowers uh, find them. And so if you don't mind, just uh, uh, just leave the rocks alone. Uh, and uh, you can do anything else, but leave the rocks alone uh, that are out there if you don't mind. And then also, too, just as a note, we have chairs and things, which are the old sanctuary chairs that are stacked out underneath the shelter. And if you don't mind, just steer clear of those. Um, all that stuff that's piled up there in the middle. So if you could just kind of steer clear of that this afternoon, that would be great. But we do have some overflow chairs out here that we're going to be using for uh, lunch today. And you're welcome to use the shelters. Just there's, there's things that are stacked out there. Okay, so that's it for the announcements here today. I know some of you are still saying, the rocks, rocks, why, why the rocks? Let's stand to our feet this morning. <coughs> we worship you in spirit and in truth. I want you just to... Just hang on to that fine spirit and atmosphere that is here this morning, and it's just a, a wonderful morning for us. As Christians, it's, it's a very important morning. It's essentially, it's our calling card. We believe in the resurrection, that we serve a living God, not, not a dead historical figure, but a living God. And it is a great morning. This morning I was up early, and I was up before the sun set, and I was just watching it come through the trees there, and I was thinking, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a moving thing, you know, on Easter Sunday morning to watch that, but I was reading as well where Brother Branham made this statement in 1958, and he said, as you can simply feel, he said, in this day that we're living in, something's about to happen, and he said, I'm looking forward with great anticipation for that glorious morning when all troubles will be over And the blessed one shall come, and we'll be caught up to meet him in the air. He said it should be the very motive of our hearts and the very objective we all have to be looking forward to that time, to see when our troubles and trials will soon be over. It was a great morning on Easter morning 2,000 years ago, but what a day that will be. And so for us, we have something that we can look back to, but we also have something great that we can look forward to. We're looking at two directions at the same time. Looking back at what he did to make our life with Christ possible. But we're looking ahead to that morning when he says, which should be the anticipation of every heart, when we look forward to that day when it will all be over and all the heartaches will be done. That will be a glorious thing, saints, for sure. Sing it together now this morning. We worship you in spirit and
ago we prayed for Rebecca Crowell and she was Brother Gerald's niece who passed away from cancer. She was Peter's age. They were born right at the same time. And uh, Gerald had a fall this last week and even though he's stage four cancer, they can't start chemotherapy until they do two surgeries on him for the injuries he incurred when he fell. And so his situation is advanced, and he's in, he's in need of a miracle. And so if you don't mind, let's join our hearts together in prayer today and just trust that the Lord will undertake for Brother Gerald and all of these needs that we've mentioned today. Heavenly Father, as we bow our hearts before you, we are humble, Lord, because we know we actually are able, Lord, to make an appointment with you, to reach out and speak to you, Lord. You never turn your ear away, but the Bible says, Lord, that you incline your ear to your people. And so, Lord, our hearts are moved today, Lord, these many needs that have already been mentioned, and we want to add Brother Gerald Crowell with that number today and ask, oh God, that you would just undertake for him and give him the strength, Lord, that he needs today. We know you to be a healer, a God of mercy, and one who cares about everything we go through. And you taught us to cast our cares upon you because you do care for us. And so in the name of Jesus Christ, we bring Brother Gerald to you today. And we curse that affliction that we know does not come from God, but it comes from the enemy. And we stand together now as believers and trusting, Lord, that you who have proven yourself to be alive and real in many, many ways, Lord, we ask that you would just move on the scene, Lord, and bring healing to his body. That, Father, you just would restore him again, I pray. And, Lord, do that work that only you can do. I pray now that you would guide the hands of the doctors and nurses, Lord, and all the different kinds of care that he will receive, Lord. May it just bring forth a real testimony of your healing virtue in his life. Father, we commit him to you. We pray that your grace would be extended to him. Lord, may he be forgiven of anything that might hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. And today, Lord, we commit this time to you and ask your blessing upon this assembly, Lord, upon this place. And Lord, may you just be pleased to move among us. We give you our hearts. We give you our time. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. God bless you. Wanted to bring greetings from Brother uh, Joe and Sister Lisa Paschal. They're listening today. they were hoping to be with us. They will be uh, later on, and uh, they are um, doing well. Brother Joe is very encouraged with his progress, and so we just want to continue to remember 
them in prayer. Sure do miss them, but we send them greetings this morning. Also, as well, Brother Anwar uh, and his family were planning to be with us and had some complications and were not able to be here today, uh, but they're normally listening on Sunday morning, so uh, we certainly do uh, miss them. But we're honored to have all of you here today, and uh, just a, a blessing to see you here. We have lunch afterwards, and when we go over after service, um, uh, we'll give you instructions over there for lunch. But we're glad to have all of you here today, and uh, be able to participate with us and have service as well tonight. Uh, I wanted to do one thing here, and then we'd like to just pray a simple prayer of dedication. As most of you know, we've renovated our sanctuary and so today we just wanted to offer just a prayer of dedication with uh, folks that were a part of this and um, just ask God's blessing upon everything that happens here it's a special place and uh, always special whenever the presence of God comes and so uh, we want to do that but I I wanted to do this this morning here uh, that we had promised that we would do and as is our custom we like to honor our graduates and the people who have accomplished things uh, in their academic years, and so today we're going to do what we have not done, and that is uh, honor Lucas here with a gift. Um, We have a special Bible for him today, so Lucas, if you'd come on here. Uh, He graduated in the the winter uh, graduation without a literal ceremony, but had a virtual one, and uh, graduated in, uh, has a, a degree in computational modeling and data analytics trivial degree. And uh, we just want to say that on behalf of my wife and I, and especially your brothers, we are uh, proud of your accomplishments and wish you all the very best. And um, we uh, appreciate your sacrifice and work uh, that's gone into this. And uh, we highlight always Jeremiah chapter 29 because he says that he has plans for all of us. And uh, he said there are good thoughts, good plans. And so we just trust that the Lord will guide you in his will and in his footsteps and uh, whatever the future holds. So God bless you, Lucas. All right. So I'm going to read a verse of scripture here in Exodus chapter 40. And this is just a little passage where you're all familiar with where the tabernacle was completed and uh, Moses stood up there in front of all the people. Everything was in place. Everything was uh, uh, made and fashioned in a specific way in order to uh, fulfill the vision that God had given Moses uh, many years prior. And now everything about this tabernacle was complete was all in place. Moses, the Bible says that he put everything uh, in exactly where it was supposed to go. And, and the, script, the whole chapter is filled with this phrase, as the Lord commanded Moses, as the Lord commanded Moses. Everything that he did was because God told him. And this is exactly the way everything was placed in the tabernacle. And, and God has an order for everything. God has an order for your life. He has an order for your finances. He has an order for your family. Uh, God has an order for everything. And we have learned over the years that the sooner we get things in order God's way, the better off we'll all be as an individual, as a family, and as a church, and so forth. And uh, so at the end of it, at the end of the chapter, uh, it says in in verse 31, Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereat, and when they went into the tent of the congregation, they came near unto the altar, and they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. Moses. 
So this was the last thing that was done. They had washed themselves, put on the the proper garments. And then it says in verse 33 that he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Everything that men could do was now done. It was all complete. And the last thing that Moses does is he drops this curtain down and uh, it's all, all finished. They're all standing back and looking at it. And even though it's a great accomplishment, it's an unusual thing because it's a tabernacle that's portable. But when Moses stands back and looks at it, what's important now is how does God react to that? What does God do as a result of all that they had labored and, and produced? And the Bible says in verse 33 that he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. And so Moses finished the work. And when a cloud, then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled that tabernacle. So when it was all completed, God's response was, this is my house. I'm going to come and inhabit this place. And God came and poured himself out and filled that tabernacle so that nobody else could even go in there. And it was a glorious moment for the children of Israel to watch this, that uh, this was not their, their church, this was not their place, but this was God's place. And they were invited to come into God's place with him. And that was a, a, a tremendous moment for them to be able to see that. And we view this the same way, that we are thankful for our church, but... We give it back to God because it's really not our place. It's, we want it to be his place. We want him to come and fill it with his presence and then to be invited to come and join that presence and uh, to receive good things from God. And so uh, we, we take great care when it comes to this place. We, uh, we've spent a lot and we've labored a lot and we've designed and thought a lot about how it should be and how best it can serve the body. And we're very thankful for everybody who's participated in that and uh, had, a, had a, a part to play in making the sanctuary as beautiful as it is. And uh, you all have an investment in it, you know, in giving offerings and all the rest of it. We all have a tie to this place. We all have a kind of a natural uh, tie. I, I, I notice uh, Nicole back here. Haven't seen Nicole for a good while and good to have you here today uh, from years back. And uh, great to have you with us. Uh, we... When you when you when you uh, you know participate and when you're involved and and so forth, you, there's just something uh, that you feel like you have an attachment to a place, and so we're we're thankful for this house. But you know what? It means nothing if the presence of God doesn't come, and so that's really what we pray for. We pray that God would be welcome here all the time and any time. And that he would come and minister to us and then minister through us and uh, be able to bless the people. And, uh, you know, this is a place to bring your burdens. This is a place to bring your cares. This is a place to come to be prayed for if you're sick and whatever need that you have. Let me tell you, I believe that God honors the gathering of his people and the prayers of many. And I, I, we just have many, many testimonies of God's goodness. So why don't we stand to our feet and... Uh, we're going to just uh, sing one little chorus, and I'm going to ask if the trustees would, would come on up, and uh, our deacons, if you'd just slip away for a minute and just come on up for a second, and uh, just want to join with these brothers and have a word of prayer. And uh, just ask God's blessing upon this place. We don't have Brother Ben with us today. 
but I think we have all the other trustees and so forth that are here. So uh, a few brothers would just slip up to the front here. But Sam, if you want to join us here just in having uh, this prayer together, let's sing it together. Have your way. Have your way. Father, as we bow in your presence this morning, we just want to say how thankful we are, Lord, for the great resurrection memorial that we have today, Lord. And in our hearts, we know that you are alive. You're not some distant memorial historical figure, but Lord, you are real and you're alive. And we are thankful, Lord Jesus, that we are beneficiaries of the resurrection today. Lord, I pray now as we gather with these men, Lord, that have labored and have exhibited leadership among our congregation, that, Lord, you would just come, Lord, I pray, and always be welcome in this place. We thank you, Lord, for the physical changes that have been made, and, Lord, how each one has contributed. All the people in the assembly, Lord, have contributed in one way or another. And, Lord Jesus, now we pray that your presence, Lord, would always be felt here, that, Lord, when we come into this place, that we would be able to recognize that that Jesus Christ is present and that your Holy Spirit is able, Lord, to touch a heart, to heal a body, to answer a question, to bring that inspiration and anointing upon everything that's done here. And, Lord, may we hallow this place. May we treat this place with reverence, Lord. This is not a place that we act in a normal way, but, Lord, we act in a dedicated way. And so the very best thing we can do, Lord, is take this and all the efforts and all of it, Lord, and give it back to you and lay it at your altar. And just ask that you would just bless it, inhabit it. Lord, may it just come and fill this place with your glory and with your presence, Lord. We give it back to you, and we are thankful, Lord, for all you have provided. Lord, you are a God who takes old things and makes them new. You're a God who cares about the state we're in. You always know, Lord, how to change us and make things better. And so, Father, we thank you for your love and mercy to us. Bless our day. Again, we commit it to you. And thank you again, Lord, for all of this that's been done. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. And amen. And amen. Sing it again. Have your way.
honor to have Brother Sam with us, and uh, always a blessing when he comes and visits us, and uh, we appreciate him so much stepping into the channel this morning, and uh, I haven't uh, mentioned a thing about um, anything at all except just take his liberty and, and uh, just to minister uh, as God has led him, and I know Brother Sam well enough to know that he would not have come unless he felt led to come, and uh, God's placed something on his heart for us. So you pull on that gift and say, Lord, there may only be a little portion of this for me, but I want to get it. And I want to get all of it. I don't want to miss anything you want to say to me. And if we have that expectation, I'll tell you what, God is able to fill our cup today. just want to welcome uh, Stephen and Danielle here today. And Brother Stephen uh, experienced a heart attack on Monday morning, right? Early Monday morning. Was released out of hospital on Tuesday after treatment. And is here today with us. And Brother Stephen, good to see you here today looking healthy and strong. And may God bless you. And uh, we prayed for you and we have been through this week. And uh, we're just honored to have you here today. And all of you that are here today, may God bless you. And uh, it's just a blessing to be able to gather together like this. Sing it one more time with me as we turn it to Brother Sam this morning. Have your in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and it's certainly good to be back here with you once again, and good to be with uh, Brother Barry and the family here, and uh, I look down and I see one of the brothers here from our assembly, and my goodness, I think he'd have enough of hearing me at home, <laughs> but uh, I just really appreciate Brother Dave, He's, that's quite a fisherman, those of you that fish, that's quite a fisherman right there, um, but um, he's, I'm not signing him up for charters or anything, even though he does... He knows the lake. When I was with him out there on the lake, he talks about the lake like highways, and all I see is water. But um, uh, anyhow, I think if any good fish that I've caught, it's because he just put it right there where I needed where I needed it to be. But I really, really just appreciate Brother Dave being here. Greet, uh, bring greetings from the, the church there at home and uh, the assembly and my family as well. And uh, we just want to just want to greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. and I don't want to take any more time. I could talk to you probably all day, but uh, I, we want to get right to the Word. And, and um, So let's just, if we could, let's just bow our hearts to the Lord in a word of prayer. And If you have a need on your heart, just make it known to the Lord and, and to know that He's mindful. He cares. He cares. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we just come before you, Lord, in these moments, Lord, Oh, dear God, how thankful we are, Lord Jesus, for this Easter morning, Lord. We're thankful, God, for, Lord, what you have done in our lives, oh God. 
for the reality, Lord, that you have brought to us, O God. And Lord, to see, O God, that indeed we are beneficiaries, Lord. Father, behind every hand, Lord, there's a request, Lord. And just to recognize, O God, that for every need, Lord, you've already provided, Lord. And Father, as your beneficiaries, Lord, the greatest compliment that we could ever give you is to believe you, Lord. Help us, I pray, this morning, Lord. May you just, Lord, take us together as one unit, Lord, speaker and congregation, and help us to step aside that you can step in, Lord, we pray. Lord, we just give ourselves to you, Lord, for your honor and glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you'll just turn with me to Acts chapter 7, and and, uh, I can truly say when Brother Barry, you know, he asked me to to pray about it, and so we went to prayer, and um, you know, and and just just feeling the the liberty to go ahead and and to come, and then about last last Saturday morning, I just was in prayer, and then the Holy Spirit just dropped all just dropped this right in my heart. And, and I just want to speak this morning. I knew Brother Barry had mentioned, he said, we're going to do a, a, actually a rededication of the assembly. So I, I knew about that, but I wasn't even thinking in those terms. But what I'd like to speak on this morning is dedication. And I want to take that thought and perhaps we'll just look at it and then maybe by the help of the Lord tonight even move into even some more practical measures with it this evening if the Lord will help us. So in Acts chapter 7, verse 44, it says, Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers, Unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. That was God's desire. That was God's desire operating through David's life. But Solomon built him a house, howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? And if I could, could we go to Hebrews chapter 10? And I just would like to read there, beginning in verse 1. Thus, for the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then would they have not ceased to be offered, because that the worshippers once purged should have had no more conscience or desire of sins. But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. 
Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hadst had no pleasure. May God bless you and bless the reading of the word as you're being seated. I certainly want to say once again, it's just a, just a great honor to be here. And I just, um, I just really thank a whole lot of Brother Barry and Sister Becky and the family. And I just really appreciate them, appreciate the fellowship, the friendship. And um, we just want to, as we look here and we think about the time and, and the moment that we are in, and, you know, as we've just, you've just had a, a rededicating, rededication of, the, of your sanctuary here. And um, when you think of the word dedication itself, there's actually three, three parts to it. And it deals with, first of all, the quality of being dedicated or committed to a task. Then another part of that, it also deals with the action of actually dedicating something. So now we just as what took place here this morning, there was an action of rededicating it. Before that time, it was just talked about dedicating it. It was just said, well, on this particular Sunday, we're going to come together and we're going to dedicate it. But now that's what's taken place. So it's an action and you've moved to that place. And then another part of it is you'll find in many times in a book, sometimes you'll find where it'll, somebody writes a book and they dedicate it to, to someone. And they'll say, this is for so-and-so, and they'll put a foreword in there. And I want to just say that all, these, all of those definitions or looking at that, it, it speaks there of a full dedication that comes from dedicating something that that it was uh, for the very purpose that it was actually designated for. And I want to say it just like this, that God himself, he's already made promises all the way in his book, in the Bible. The Bible has been filled with promises, but we know we're not living in an hour that God is making promises. This is a time where God is fulfilling promises. This is a time of wrapping up, a time of finishing up, of redemption, and in everything within itself to see that even within the Word of God, it is that which is made known to us that God, uh, we are identified in that Word. God had a purpose in our life. Our very life is identified there within the Scriptures. Our names are called as He Himself begins to reveal Himself. And then it, it moves in our life to where there's purposes or ambitions or objectives that we've had. But when He begins to speak to us, is something that resonates deeper and more important than all of our purposes and all of our objectives and all of our ambitions. And as a matter of fact, it doesn't mean that all of those things will be sinful. But what it simply means is when He speaks and that Word begins to move in our life, 
That takes preeminence, it takes precedence, it's given first place. And then, as he moves to that place, we say, Lord, if my ambition, if it works, if the purpose, the objective, the goal that is in my heart, if that works in conjunction with your vision, that your vision can be made manifest, so be it. If it's not, then my purpose, my objective, my my everything about me, it takes a back seat, Lord, because I want you to have first place. And that goes with every aspect of our life, family, marriage, and whatever that God has for your life to do as a young person, because God has nurses, God has doctors, God has policemen, God has teachers. We could go on and on. And within all of that right there, when a man serves the purpose of God, our lives are a light in the places that God has placed us to serve His purpose and His will. And so when we look at these things of dedication, even as you are here, you know, within your, within where, where in the building here, the different changes that's been made. Now, I want you to think of it in this way. You, you can look and say, well, the building as far as the structure, that's the same. But what has been changed is maybe your color scheme and certain things have been positioned. That's a, that's like a renewing. That's like a remodeling. That's like a renovation. And let me just say this to you. Even as you look around this sanctuary right here this morning, that also is an expression of what God's desire is to do continually within every one of our life. Because not only is there a filling of the Holy Ghost, there is a refilling after refilling after refilling. There's even a rededicating and a rededicating. I I don't know how many times that even after hearing the Word, and many times I'm here and studying, and and I tell you, the presence of God, or listening to a message, and I just say, Oh God, I want to just dedicate myself fully to You. And I might have said that just on Sunday morning, but here I am once again, because who are we dedicating ourselves to? We're dedicating ourselves to a living Lord Jesus Christ. We're giving ourselves to that Word. We're saying, Lord, be it unto me according to Thy Word. So this, this rededicating, this, this in itself, you know, as Brother Barry was pointing out here this morning, you, you look at it that there were, there were individuals, whether, you know, as uh, the trustees or pastors together, pastor together, there are certain things that no doubt you maybe made changes, even with the fellowship hall that you, 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 you had built over here. There was a need that you saw. And it was something then that when here that need begins to drop, it, it moves in as, as though it's a vision and it's communicated. And I don't know about you, but sometimes even, you know, with different things that we did at the church back home, and there were things that we had to kind of uh, reconstruct out there in our foyer area and everything else to kind of create that. And when I put it up on the board and I began to show it, you should have seen some of the looks. People are just trying to... You know, trying, they're looking at, they're trying to imagine it because I didn't have any blueprints to set before them. And let me just say this, even when you look at blueprints sometimes, Brother Branham talked about when he saw the blueprints for the tabernacle being expanded, he said, to me, it was only another little room. But oh, when it moves from the vision into reality. 
When it moves from the vision, because in the vision, you and I can still be wondering, is it going to be this way? Is it going to be this way? I wonder how that color scheme is going to come together. I wonder how this is going to complement this. But, but within it all, for every one of us that are here, and not so much me, but you, there's might have been some of you said, well, I think this color would be better over here. Or I think this would be better over here. Or I think we better be, because we're all, we're all different. We're all hewn, hewn out in our own ways. And we all have our different ideas. But just imagine if you would have held to your idea, I think it needs to be blue, or I think it needs to be this, this wouldn't be. But in order for this to come about, there had to be sacrificing of our ideas to a greater vision. There had to be a laying down and saying, you know what, maybe the color scheme or what I'm looking at, but we lay everything down. And that's the same way it is with our lives in coming to the Lord and walking with God. It requires us to sacrifice our ideas for a greater vision. There's a greater vision. There's a greater purpose, a greater objective. And my goodness, it's, it's a very beautiful work. A lot of labor that's went into it. A lot of sweat. A lot of, you know, with the giving of, of finances and, and everything that has come together in order to make this uh, very much to make it possible. And to think that, you know, it's very much the same way. It's very much about our life. You know, Brother Jeff, if we had the choice and God said, I tell you what, I need to bring this out of your life. So here's the test or trial you're going to go through. No, no, Lord, I, I, I'll, I'll do I'll take this over here. But God says, no, in order for that to come about out of your life, this is the way it has to be. And what do we do? Lord Jesus, I surrender, Lord, to your working. Lord, I give me your grace to walk through this test. Give me your grace, Lord, to walk through this trial. It's all God working. It's all God's grace. And, you know, when we look at even where, you know, as as we come together like this, it's always, when we think about it, of a dedication, a rededication, it's to remember the the very purpose of what God himself, when he would speak in Exodus 25, 8, he said, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. This was a heavenly vision. And God is speaking to the people, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. God was, was, was expressing his desire. He wanted to dwell in the midst of his people. And so the purpose of it, this is something that they can't lose sight of. They, this, it's true, a sanctuary has to be made. But they've got to, in order to make it in the right way, they can't lose focus of the purpose. And that is, this is being constructed that He might dwell in our midst. It's all about Him. And that's why Brother Branham could say in the message of dedication, he could say the Spirit of God in the people makes the church. It's not people that makes the church. It's the Spirit of God in the people that makes the church. Because Jesus said, upon this rock I will build my church. I'll bring it together. It's assembled by himself. We've not been called by a man. We've been called by God. Supernaturally, God has brought us from highways and byways and whatever more. That's been a supernatural call of God. You might have been in a pig pen somewhere, but it was the angel of the Lord that brought you to himself. 
It's all under the call. And God's got a purpose. If God saved you, God called you, He saved you. He's got a purpose for your life. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. So this is where, even when we, we see we've been brought together to be a habitation of God through the Spirit. Peter would say, we are lively stones that are built up a spiritual house. Brother Branham would pick it up in, in the Ephesian church agent, speaking of Christ walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, and he would express to us that Christ is the life of the church, and she has no other life without him. Without him, this is strictly putting, and he says, she's a religious society, a club, a meaningless gathering of people. We're not a meaningless gathering of people. We're not a club, we're not a cult, we're not a clique. We've been assembled by God. There's a purpose that God has. And you know what? You and I, we none of us can say, well, I fully understand the purpose. All that we know is this is God's calling. God has placed me here. And a matter of fact, Brother Branham lays it out very clear. He says it made no sense. I'm out in Arizona and I've got a house paid for here in Jeffersonville. He said, but that's how God works. God works in a measure to where when a life can completely be yielded to Him and say, God, I trust you with my life. I trust you know what you're doing. As a matter of fact, when you don't know what's going on, but you're in God's hands, you're in the best hands that you could ever be in. Because it's Him that orders our life. It's Him that brings His Word to pass. We're not a meaningless gatherer. We're here with a purpose. And without Him... You know, Brother Bram says she's just simply a, he puts it very plain, she's just a bejeweled, dressed up corpse. And he says just trying to, you know, with her, no matter what her programs are, her, her gracious efforts, without him, she's a corpse. But with him in her midst, oh, I like this, with him motivating her, she becomes to the wonderment of all his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Brother Bram speaks about even how they started out. And there, you know, in the work, in, in, in the tabernacle. And you know, it's something about sometimes you can look at how you started. And I'm talking about not just here. I'm talking about in your journey, in your life, how God got a hold. There's things that you can look back right now and say, my goodness, you know, like the testimony. I'm not what I want to be, but boy, I know I'm not what I used to be. You can see there was a start. Brother Bram talks about the start of the dirt floors and everything else. And he he speaks in situations. He says, here a fire came through. He said, how this tabernacle was standing, God only knows. It's the hand of God. Let me say this. There are tests and trials that has come your way. And the only thing you and I can stand there and say is, it's God that has held me. It's God that has kept me. And through that test or trial, God Himself continues to work and undergird us and strengthen us and by His grace we can look back and say I'm not what I used to be we wouldn't have chosen the test we wouldn't have chosen the trials but God knew what He was doing bringing us through that and molding and shaping our character to bring us to a place that we are today of greater weakness more surrendered and more dedicated to His purpose it's God's sovereign working so as Brother Bram said now it becomes our duty our duty. And you find this 
Even in the Scripture, how, how that there are things that are laid before us in the Scripture that's not God's duty. It's our duty. This was their duty to make a sanctuary that He might come and dwell in. So it's always keeping that in mind, that in everything that we do in life, whatever it is, Lord, I want you to be a part of it. I want you to be the center of it. So the testimony out of it, whatever it is, I want you to be the center of it, of my marriage, of my home, of this assembly, of my job. I want you to be the center of that, O Lord. So it's our duty. You know, the Scripture will say over and over, it says that He humbled Himself. The Scripture will say, He who humbles Himself. There are things that God entrusts to us, and we show our, our faith and our respects to God as we take that Word and we'll move within it to humble ourselves or to take His Word and obey it and give ourselves to it. It's our duty. He says, now inside of this, this, this place, it's our duty. He said, to make it that it's a place that it's right inside. And this is, this is something for every one of us. Every one of us, everyone that, that is here. Everyone has a responsibility. As a matter of fact, Brother Brown would say it like this. He says in the message, you know, because so many times you'll hear people, they'll say, well, you know, uh, Brother Barry's church. It's not Brother Barry's church. That revelation should be in your heart. This is my church. Brother Brown made those exact words. You should say, this is my church. Because you know what's different? If you take a loaner vehicle, I'm not saying you would, but you you know people that they just, if they loan something, you know, or they borrow it, you you learn those people quick and say, they ain't borrowing my stuff. Because they treat it like it ain't theirs. They, they, They go about it like it ain't theirs. But once, if they ever come to it to where it's theirs, and they, and they, it's different how they would treat it. At least you would hope, <laughs> you know. But you understand, this is why when you see it, it's my church. It's my responsibility. I've got a part within here. It, every part and every facet is just as important as, as, as a pastor, as a song leader. No matter what it is, it's very important. You realize Elisha could have never got in the channel for inspiration to come except there was a minstrel. You might say, I'm not a musician. Brother Brandon brought it on down from that. He said, you might be the guy that just claps his hands. I I can play that instrument. I can't play any other, but I can play that one right there. But that's our duty. And he says, you know, this that we that that when people come, they would see the beautiful characteristic of Jesus Christ in every person. And it would be a consecrated place to our Lord, a consecrated people. Because the beauty of the church is the character of the people. He says, I trust it will always be a house of God of beauty. And we know that that's that, that character, that that's his life, the character of his life coming in and bringing a transformation in our life. And He molds and He shapes our character to where it's not us, but it's Him that is declaring Himself in our midst. It's Him that attracts people. You know, because, let's just be honest, people can come to a church and, oh, this is a beautiful church. My, I tell you, this church is really, it's really moving on, or it's this or that. But that's not why we come to church. Our lives, we are brought here because there is a 
reality that God is dealing with our heart. You may not even realize why you're here, but there is something that you recognize that God would take a channel of a life and speak so deeply to your life that God would unfold the mysteries in your life. And though you're blessed even with other ministries, but there's something about it that ministers so personal. It's not the man. It's God Himself that brings comfort to you. And I have to say, this is where I belong. This is where my family belongs. And I'm going to stay right here and dedicate myself to the Lord. The Word that's coming through because God Himself knows what I have need of in my life. It's God that's dispensing through the stewardship the things that you and I have need of. So we're not depending on man. We're depending on God. We're under His leadership, under His direction, and we're sensitive to catch Him fulfilling and working and directing our lives. Oh my, you see, as in the Scriptures, here one of the, one of the key parts that God would speak to Moses, and it's, it would let him know that you're to make this according to all that I show thee. Not hand it. And I'm not going to hand this to you. And, and then Moses, you say, eh, I think that color, those colors don't complement one another. I think this needs to be altered here. No. Just to obey it. Just to obey it. That's, that's humility. That's to obey it. According to all that I show thee after the pattern, every detail, every detail is important. Moses received this wisdom, this vision, this wisdom from God. But, it, but the vision itself, as Moses receives it, must be transmitted into the hearts of the people. And that's, that's a sovereign work just as sovereign as God catching Moses up and revealing the vision. Moses didn't thrust himself into it. And, oh God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a vision here. He just simply obeyed. The Lord said, come up here. He simply went up. And what he received, then he came back down. You see, God has confidence in his word because there are ordained vessels and life that are intended to receive that word. And it's not up to this to make sense of it. It's God who declares it. And a matter of fact, when it's happening and taking place, you don't even realize what's taking place. But there's something about it. You just say, God's at work. God's at work. God's moving. And so, you know, you find that this pattern, I want to just kind of, kind of just deal with that here just a moment. And you see, then we look, we look ahead and we find with David, when God put it in David's heart to build uh, the, uh, the, the, the temple. And then God had put that in David's heart. But David, and this is out of 1 Chronicles 28, David, he had received by revelation the pattern. And the Bible says how that David, he, he gave the pattern of all he had by the Spirit unto Solomon. So this was not just simply going and just reading, but it was the Spirit inspiring the Word. You see, when God inspires the Word, that's the season. That's the moment. That's God saying, now is. This is the time. This is the moment. And so it must be inspired, just like when Noah built the ark there. There must be, there must be inspiration that lays there. And David had learned. 
David had learned that there's a pattern that he must come through the appropriate channels. Because God had not, even when it came to bringing the ark up, David, he had not consulted the right channel. He went and consulted with peoples. Is that right? And you know how it is they say, you can't, you can have too many, too many, uh, cooks in the kitchen. You know, I, I just say it like this when my, my wife, you know, she's fixing and maybe she's saying, honey, we're gonna have this certain dish tonight. Now, I tell you what, Brother Jeff, I'll call in the morning and say, what's for dinner tonight? And I just got done eating breakfast. I, I look forward to my meals. And when she says something about a certain meal, and she might say, oh, uh, I'm not going to say this. Uh, uh, so-and-so might be coming over. And I've said, remember, you make it. You make it. Why? Because I don't want somebody salting it the way I don't want salted. Ooh, you're picky. No, i got a certain expectation. Are you with me? So you see, David, here we look at David had learned, hey, I'm not going to go by all the peoples here. And David, he took, came into that channel where God would bring his word Back in among the people, but God would do it through the channel of a prophet. And so when David recognized that, that part of it, and he could communicate this pattern, and it was, which would be in such a measure that he would tell Solomon, heed to this pattern. Forsake your own thoughts. Forsake your own ideas. Don't make any alterations, because if you alter it, he won't come. So the pattern, it must be revealed by the Spirit. These are some things I just want to drop in, and Lord willing, we'll pick some things up this evening. The pattern itself must be, it's revealed by the Spirit. There are scriptural patterns for everything. And there's inspiration that of the Holy Spirit that actually brings the supernatural results. It brings it from a vision to where it actually becomes visible. Has anybody ever told you something and you're trying to imagine it? I mean, look, when Paul came among them, they were reading Paul's letters. And they were expecting a guy six, seven, and stout and strapped and everything. And, and Paul came among them. They said, this guy? This guy? This is the one who seems mighty in speech. This guy looks so weak. Are you with me? Like even what they said about Dwight and Moody. Huh. Who would go to see a guy like this? Dwight Moody said, they don't come to see me. They come to see him. So see, sometimes when things are being spoken in our mind, we can't figure it out. But you know, the great thing is, we don't have to. That's how they missed the Lord Jesus. They tried to figure it out. They got it all constructed. Now, they had to do one of two things. Either they had to repent and say, I was wrong and I was under error, but this is the truth. Yeah. Or they had to just act like, we're right, this, this is an evil spirit. They had a choice. And that's the same thing even with our lives. We're given a choice. Sometimes within the parts of patterns and things like that. And we come to it and say, Lord, forgive me. This is the direction maybe I was going. Maybe with your home or so forth. Lord, this is the direction I was going. But now, as the Holy Spirit begins to bring things even more clear, you say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's God's grace. His desire. He wants to dwell in our midst. So He's helping us to see the pattern that's before us. And so this wisdom of God 
It must come into the hearts of the people. And all of the people then, as that wisdom of God would, would enter into their hearts, they would be anointed and they would give themselves and labor in it. Solomon, Solomon never varied from that pattern at all. Neither, neither did Moses. And Brother Brandon would say it, you know, in this way. He said, the way that God set the pattern of the first church... He said, that's the original church there on the day of Pentecost. He said, that's the exact pattern that we're to stay with. So if, if Moses had to be caught up in God's presence to receive that pattern, David had to receive it by the Spirit, then there's no other way that there can actually be a place that can become dedicated unto God except the Spirit of God reveal the pattern. Because God will only come to His Word. He won't come to anything but His Word. And when He comes to the Word, He's the Spirit of truth. He reveals Himself and manifests Himself that He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, you know, Brother Branham brings it out even when he is in um, the message, Taking Sides with Jesus. He's there speaking and with uh, 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 the brethren there and then ministers. And Brother Branham takes the brethren back to what God had really had him studying when he ministered Restoration the Bride Tree. And Brother Branham says, I studied that early church. He said, because what God did in that early church, he said, that's the same thing that God wants to continue on today. And Brother Branham went into that in dealing with pastors and how there must be pastors and all of these parts that are set in there. And he's, he's instructing even the ministry at that time to wait on God, wait and watch God's leading and His moving. And I just say it in this way, that this message itself, if it is not according to the original pattern, then it's not the message from God. But I'm here to tell you, and I know you stand with this as well, this message is not the thoughts of William Branham. This message is the thoughts of Almighty God. There have been scruples that things had got lost down through the ages, but God, in a promise to Himself, oh my, He promised to Himself He would have a bride that He would present to Himself without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. God promised there'll be a rapture. He promised that. What is that? That's God dedicating himself by his word. He's committing himself to the purpose. And I say it just like this. This message that God has revealed to you and I and brought to you and I, this message itself did not come by man. It came by God. Look at the results in your life. You can't dispute that. That's not manly results. That's God results. It brought us back to the original pattern of what the real true baptism of the Holy Ghost was, where God Himself lives in His people. Hallelujah. That's why Brother Branham could say, the angel of the Lord, when he would speak the angel of the Lord, getting Israel back into their place. And then he would say in Daniel 70 week, he said, they don't understand why you don't yoke up with them and cluck up with them and everything. He said, but it's because there's a power and a vision behind this message that's sent by God to get the church in order for rapture. 
So it's under God's direction. Every part of this, and I, I think of, if I could say it, this right here, and Brother Barry and probably some of the rest of you, you would remember this. Brother Henry Green, Brother Henry Green I can remember when I was just a little boy, we would uh, go to the camp meeting there in Ruth or Rutherfordton, however you, wherever you want to say. He said, Brother Henry would say it like this, God started his church the way he wanted it, now he wants it the way he started it. That's true. And you see, that the wisdom of God is to catch the vision of the tabernacle of God. Godly results is really true godliness on display. Moses, Brother Barry, read these scriptures, so I'm not going to read over them, but as he read as this, the very scriptures, when Moses had finished the work. The work was all finished. The vision had now come into fruition. Is this the first service you're in here? Or have you been in here? But it's just okay. So there had to come a time that you could come back in here. There had to be a time of finishing. And then when that, the finishing, they could say, hey, it's finished. But once you're able to come in here and have church, that's where it really says it's finished. Because this building is not finished without you. Church is not church without you. Brother Bram says if there's only two people going to be here, you make sure you're one of those people. It's a finishing. See, God, when God puts a finish to it, there's nobody that puts a finish on things like God. <laughs> His glory filled the temple, the tabernacle. And you know what it was God saying? God, by Him coming down, God was saying, that's what I had in my mind. That's what I spoke to Moses. This is what entered the hearts of my people. And God was so pleased with what He saw. What was in the supernatural had now become visible. And God descended. His descending is His pleasure. It's God saying, I'm well pleased. I'm well pleased. You've yielded to the vision. You've yielded to this. I'm well pleased to come and dwell here. That's His finishing. And to see, you know, it was all a simplicity. Of yielding. They had to yield. Different ones, you know, when you read of the old, the tabernacle of, of Moses there in the wilderness, different ones had certain parts. Some had the black onyx stones. Some had, you know, all the different parts. But the black onyx stones were not the tabernacle. The goat skins were not the tabernacle. The badger skins were not the tabernacle. But collectively they had to yield what was entrusted to them. Moses could not say, Lucas, if you bring, up, bring the black stones right here. If you don't bring the black stones right here, I'm going to get you. No. It had to be the word, the vision was, was put out. And the same God who gave the vision, the same Spirit of God travels with that word. The same Spirit of God deals with the heart to cause that heart to surrender, to yield, to release to God. You see, God's a gentleman. He'll never pull out of us, but He comes by His Word that we would surrender, we would yield. I tell you, the presence of God, the presence of God, it's not an unholy, it's not an unholy fear. It's not a slavish fear. The fear of the Lord is clean. It's a a place that you can yield your life. You can take your troubles. 
You can take whatever it is and yield it in His hand. And to know that when you put it in His hands, it'll come out greater. Or you'll leave and it'll be gone from your life. When Solomon dedicated that temple, as he dedicated it, here, once the, the offerings were offered up, here the presence of God came down. The pillar of fire, same way. It happened the same way it did when the tabernacle of Moses, because it followed the same pattern. You see, we learn, we learn a great application. Follow the same pattern, get the same results. Alter the pattern, get different results. So, here, the children of God, they witnessed this, the presence of God coming down, and His presence was a signifying that this is a finished work. Let me just kind of move to where we're at here, even in this hour, just for a moment. God has been working throughout the church ages. Remember, He's, He was given, right there on the day of Pentecost, was given a bride that was there in full strength, the Son of Man revealed there in bride form. But then we know entering the church ages, there was a fall. Is that right? We see that in the very opening. But God had a promise in His Word. And we find God doesn't get frustrated. God isn't like you or I. Oh, I just completed the plumbing and now there's a leak on the floor. God doesn't get frustrated that way. God already, His Word, He's committed to His Word to see it through from start to finish. Or if I could say it this way, from finish to start back to finish. God's committed. So here, His presence coming down, just as it has in this, in this moment that you and I are living in, this is, it's a finishing up of the mystery of God. It's when God's own life, it's like, pardon me just a minute. I needed it for a demonstration. God has promised a fullness. But if this is what we have, this is not a fullness. But we have a promise with all that's in here. Hey, there just needs to be more added. And when more of the same is added, then this itself becomes full. And when it's full, this has a seal on it. It's full and it has a seal. And this is where God has brought you and I to. His presence coming in this hour in fulfillment of His Word, dealing with our hearts. We're part of this promise We're part of that, the reality of why that God has sent His Word in this hour. The headstone coming down. We're not identified by a creed. That's why when people come and say, where are you? Where do you go to church? Who do you belong to? Or this or that. And they're trying to put you somewhere. But you see, we're not identified. And we're not looking down on people. But God has identified us. He's not entrusted you and I to try to find our own identity. Oh, help me, young people. God has not entrusted you to try to find your own identity. There's very challenging times in your youthfulness. But I'll tell you, God Himself, He knows, as Brother Barry said here, the plans that He has for you. And let God Himself uncover your identity in Him, in His Word, in His life. And I can tell you right now, you'll never be ashamed. You'll never be ashamed. Because what He uncovers that identity in your life, He's actually uncovering Himself. 
pillar of fire went, went, went right down and identified the place and the position. Let me just, let me just move here. We find the Lord Jesus. Here He is. He comes to the river Jordan. Now, Brother Bram, you know, would dramatize this in different, in different places. He's, Brother Bram says that the Lord Jesus was at Lazarus' house, his, you know, his friend, and they were talking about the ministry of John that was taking place. But then, here the Spirit of God, it gave an unction to the Lamb of God. It's time. It's time. And here the Lord Jesus, He's standing right among the rest of the crowd. It didn't look like a Christian bookstore picture where there's a light around him and everybody just knew it. He looked just as ordinary. And as a matter of fact, the Bible said there was no beauty that we should desire him. If I can say it like this and it wouldn't offend you, he would have never been selected for the front cover of a GQ magazine. That doesn't mean that it's, you know, to be slouchy or sloppy. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is God came in such a way it's so blended in with that of fallen humanity. And here is the Spirit of God. As Brother Bram says, the Spirit of God, it sought him out in perfect obedience. It began to, it was drawing him to this place. And here, as he steps out into the water, here's the tabernacle of God. This is a tabernacle Moses didn't pitch. This tabernacle Solomon didn't pitch. But this is a tabernacle that God has pitched. And you know the difference? God didn't have to borrow timber for this one. God didn't have to send out here and get because this was God's creation. He was born the Word. He was always the Word. When he was just a 12-year-old boy, it was the Word that spoke out and said, No, you're not. I must be about my father's business. Can I say this? You were always the Word. That's why there were things about your life you never could fit in with the world. You weren't meant to fit in with the world. There was that seed, that Word that laid there. But it had to come to a place of expression. It had to come to a place of manifestation because God already thought it. It was already spoken. In reality, we were here when this, here He is in His tabernacle of His humanity. We were in Him then. This is the pattern. God, God doesn't deviate from His Word. He doesn't deviate from patterns. Here was a pattern, prophetic pattern, where here the bride was inside the groom. And then, to see how that He walks into the water, these, these words, when John is so taken by the moment, and John, in the midst of that moment, he says, I have need to be baptized of thee. But notice the Word. Holding to the pattern. Suffer it to be so. Can I say this? How many things that where God has directed in our life, and God could say to us, suffer it to be so. I tell you, there's a lot of things that you and I would have avoided with tests and trials. We would have. But there's something about it that's greater than our humanity. 
Our humanity in the midst of tests and trials, it's displayed as frailty, as weakness. But that's the time that God loves to make His glory known. Because that, that's something that it's never to... When God brings us through a test or trial, it's not that we say, I've come through that. But there's a reality that we learn. The blessed reality of being weak. Weak meaning not that uh, weak in that we just stand upon His Word and say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to come about. But this is Your Word. Brother Bram said Micah was completely weak. He was completely weak because he stood on the word that Elijah had spoke. He didn't know how God was going to do it. But that's a place of weakness is when we can just stand on the word. And the devil can say, well, how's this going to? I don't know. But this is what God said. This is what God dropped in my heart. That's it. When God has spoken, who can but prophesy? When God filled Solomon's temple, who could add or take away from it? Hallelujah. That's the same way in our life. Nobody, nobody can add or take away from the real, true birth of the Holy Ghost in our life. The enemy can try to come. He can try to punch at you, try to point at you and everything else. But at the end of the day, there's solid ground that you know where you're standing on sacred sands that the love of the world has fled away and my life is yoked and tied in with Jesus Christ. That's sacred sands. The devil has never and will never and cannot put his feet there. Hallelujah. Suffer it to be so. It behooveth us to fulfill, fulfill all righteousness. The full pattern had to be fulfilled. Say it as he rose. We're here on an Easter morning. Could I have just a few more moments? Here he comes. He's taken away. And they, they don't know what's taken place. The disciples, they're walking along. Sad. And when he steps out from among them, or from the, from the sides of the road, they ask him a question. Are you a stranger? What humility. What? I'm talking about on the part of the Lord Jesus. It was such humility to the Word that they themselves had overlooked it. And yet here He stands with them. It's important. This is necessary. And I'm not just speaking about the resurrection, but it's important of what He did after His resurrection. He didn't just come to them and say, hey, it's me, hey, it's me, hey, look, it's me, hey, it's me. Their eyes were withholding. Let me say this. As a young person, you could sit in church for maybe years, and you can sit here. You've heard the word, you've heard the message, you hear this, or whatever age you are. And all of a sudden, things begin to move. Things start taking place. What is that? It's God revealing His Word, His promise. He's been walking with you all along. He's been walking with you since you were a boy or a girl. He's been walking with you all along. But now it begins. He's making Himself known and He's opening the Word to your life. 
Oh, then, then church starts to become different. You start looking at things that you've wanted to get rid of in your life and you maybe say, I need to let this down. I need to put this down. But you find there's a power that's energizing you. You're losing the love of the world. That's God at work. It's God calling you and I into His pattern. You see, as they were there, he, he lets them know, slow of hearts to believe all. Hey, all the word had to be fulfilled. They didn't understand all of that, that all the word had to be fulfilled. But he's letting them know it all has to be fulfilled. But it behooves us to follow the pattern, to fulfill all righteousness. That's why even in this hour, we cannot, we will not deviate from the pattern of the word of God. And that is in every aspect. God still fills with the Holy Ghost. He still delivers. He still heals the sick. Is that right? And let me just say it like this. God heals through many different ways. God heals through healing. God will heal through an expression of love. God heals through medicine. Brother Bram says God performs miracles through surgeries. And Brother Brown takes us into the Scripture and shows us when Jesus spit on the ground and picked up the mud, he said Jesus was using medicine. Yep. But it wasn't the medicine that healed. This is free. This is free. It wasn't the medicine that healed, but God worked through the medicine. Because all healing is of God. So it must fulfill all rights. He's the same God. God still has pastors, prophets, uh, apostles. God still has all that. God still has all of these parts because that's part of the original pattern. Is that right? So then this dedication of his life, the dedication of his life, now as he's revealing that word, as he's walking with them, it's assembling stones. As that prophecy is being fulfilled, It's assembling their lives for the promise of the Holy Ghost. And the Word itself, you see what it's doing? What what was the living Word doing? It was bringing them to a place of dedication for the promise that was for them. We are not called to, neither can we, fulfill Revelations 10, 1 through 7. God has done that. We are called to go take the book, to take, to come and be united with Jesus Christ. As He's making Himself known. Let me just say it. The same God as He's dealing with your heart. You might say, I don't understand all this. But you know that it's God that's dealing with your heart. That's God expressing His love and His care for your life. You say, what should I do? Don't try to figure it out. Just say, Lord, I give myself to You. If you find there's things in your life right now, don't let that stand in the way. Say, God, dissolve these desires in my life. Why? That's the pattern of the Holy Spirit that we must die to ourselves that Christ might be born in us. And how can we die if He doesn't lead us to that place? But He Himself makes Him known that I'm the greater one. I love you. I care for you. 
I'm here to bring about a change, a reality in your life. And as He speaks to your heart, it might be service after service. And you find yourself moving from maybe to the back to the front. And please don't read anything into that. But maybe let's say you're moving from the back. And all of a sudden here you are in your heart. You're so inclined to the Word. Oh, it's different now. The songs are different. Things are taking place. What's happening? It's God Himself supernaturally drawing you into the pattern of His Word of a real experience. A real walk with God. And so that it can be said at the end of the day, you're not the workmanship of Hickory Bible Tabernacle or wherever you go to church, but you're the workmanship of Almighty God. God has stamped His seal and His life. As a matter of fact, God coming to your life is God saying, it's finished. It's over with. The seal has come. It's God declaring, this is my pattern. You know what? That's what the Holy Spirit does. It brings a confirmation. You are part of the pattern in my mind. There's no way escaping that. No matter how many devils come, it can't get you out of His mind. He was there. You're written in the the palms of His hand. And here you are. The Holy Spirit, it's not a mishap that you're here this morning. But God has sought you out. Hallelujah. And the same Holy Spirit. I'm not going to be much longer. I just, the engine's just a little warm. I only asked you for a few moments and I mean that. I, I won't, I won't go beyond that. But you see, the Holy Spirit, He sought you out. And I'm glad that He seeks us out. When there's situations, sometimes we can become down in our life. Sometimes we can get discouraged. Sometimes we can get to looking like, I don't feel like I'm growing. I don't feel like it's going on. But let me just tell you something. There was a lot of work that was taking place, and there wasn't a sound of a hammer. There's a lot of things that are taking place. And when you turn it out in your walk with God, hallelujah, you remember, chunks were flying off. Chunk here, chunk there, chunk there. And now... You get down to the God's taking his word and he's fine tuning it. That speaks of where we're at and who is here. Fine tuning our lives to the promise. He's getting everything rapture ready. Just like when they go and set in the space shuttle before blast off. They're setting there. They go in, and they're just setting. And they're checking all the instruments. How's my grudge meter? How's my temper? How's my love? Ooh, it's a quarter tank full. wonder what the special is this week, huh? But it's a time of checking gauges. It's like they read this off. And they read it off. Check! Da-da-da-da-da. Check! Check. This is why God calls things out. God calls things out. He just doesn't let it go. He he calls it out. And sometimes, well, the pastor's preaching. It just goes out. And it's like he said it word for word. And yet you go back to the service. He didn't say that word for word. But it was the Holy Spirit in his word speaking personally. And what's he doing? He's calling out. And for us to say, Amen, Lord. Amen. I'm going to press on till it's a check. Amen. So how the Holy Spirit, here He is. He's assembling the lives. He assembles the lives and the hearts to His promise. 
And here they are. They went from being a saddened, disheartened people to now they are here being assembled by the Spirit of God. And they're brought to a place. They went from sadness to where the Bible tells us in the book of Luke that with the promise of the Holy Spirit being made known to them, the Bible says they went to Jerusalem with joy. Why? Because as He revealed Himself in the promise of His Word, it was certain. That's when God reveals Himself to you. It's God bringing certainty to you in Him. That you can have confidence. You can have a certainty in the promises that pertain to your life. And here He gets all this. They're all gathered together. That's a marvel. I mean, it's a mystery. You know, the Bible says they were with, gathered with um, one mind and one accord. That was before the Holy Ghost came. But that's the effect of the vindicated word. The vindicated word, you see, it couldn't come unless they first were yielded to the pattern. And that, of being one accord, is where it's like notes. That's how, it's, that's how it speaks in the Scripture. It's like notes. Now, I, I told you I can't play an instrument. I, just, I can play the radio, but... I know that's an old joke, but you can laugh if you want. But I I can't play an instrument. But you understand these notes, notes on an arrangement. Their lives were viewed as notes. In order to make a melody, they had to surrender their note with the rest of the sheet music in order for it to be a sheet music. That's even how God brings together a group of people that are so different, so vastly different. Even our temperaments, our makeups and... Well, frankly, even in our marriages, how God can so arrange things. And God, but God doesn't want us being like one another. He doesn't even want us to compare ourselves with ourselves. But God just says, let me be the Lord of your life. Let me be the one that expresses myself through you through your peculiarities, through all the different things about you, because there's reasons that God has you the way He has you. That doesn't mean everything about our life is holy. It just means that there are things that God has about us that God has it that way for a certain purpose. But in everything, even if it's something we feel like, man, I'm pretty strong in this area, even our strengths have to be yielded to Him. Not just our weaknesses. We need our strength yielded to Him. Abraham had a lot of strength, but he needed the strength yielded in the right channel. Here they come. They're all together in one accord. You see what unity and what harmony. And you can see why the devil loves to try to bring disunity. You can see why he loves to try to, oh, I think this color would be better. I think this would be, I think this could be. And you know, if you really make an issue of it, you know what? You're either going to put this kind of chairs in or I'm leaving. You don't need to be pews or I'm gone. Not going to be no Nicolaitan spirit over top of me. But you see, these are things. In order, what we have to look at is, remember the purpose. Who do we want in our midst? And sometimes that, in, in that pattern, that part of it, it's where we have to relinquish our idea. Just like when God dealt with our life, we had to, it was a laying down. And when we think of that, when he said, I want you to lay this down. You lay this down. 
laid it down. We laid it down. We died out to ourselves. It's God calling. It's God assembling for His purpose. And that continues on, on through our lives. And here came the presence of God right down when the day of Pentecost had fully come. This was God's ordained place of rest was in the heart of man. And now here His presence comes down. You see, God will always, Brother Bram says it like this, He always fills His temple. He always fills it with Himself. I want you to think of this. Brother Barry read this in Exodus 40, referred to it. In Moses' tabernacle, Solomon's temple, if I can refer to it in that way, they put all the furnishings in there. They had what needed to be set in the uh, tabernacle of the congregation, the first court. And they had the inner court. And then all of those, so we could say the furniture was there. Even though the furniture was there, it was still empty without him. You can have every one of the mechanics just right, but without him, it's still empty. But when everything gets in its place, that's when the heart gets in its place. Brother Bram deals with that first nature. Not Brother Bram, the Spirit of God. Brother Bram tells us he deals with that first nature. Forgive me. He deals with that first nature to where your first nature will finally say, yes, that's true. And then God comes and he kills that first nature. And by his quickening power, he raises up the temple not made with hands. That seed of God on the inside is part of that body hast thou prepared me. It finds its place in the economy of God. Directed by the Spirit of God. Isn't it a wonderful thing to follow the leading of the Lord? It's a thing that you can't be certain on anything out here, but you can be certain on His leading. When it all comes down to it, you can have rumors come up at your job or anything else to come up, but there's a, there's, a, there's a settledness and a certainty when you can know, I know I'm in God's will. And this is what God promised. He promised He'd see me through. And that's where a place of rest that you can have. See, it's a yielding. Stand with me, would you? It's a yielding to the very plan and program of God. The life is yielded. It's emptying up. It's emptying up. It's getting things right in position that God can come in. And as we said here earlier, you know, like what, what, you, what you all have done is such a, a beautiful job here. There's times of rededication in our life. There's times where we need renewal. There's things even in our life, even after we've been converted, that we have to have a complete, we need renewing. We need, we need different thoughts. We, we, need, we need different thoughts about ourselves. We need to take the thoughts of God. And we need help. Lord, help me to see myself as you see me. And that's God's working. God, He works with our heart, even within that pattern. He deals with our life. He molds us. He shapes us. And I'm thankful this morning that even as this 
the church here is, is rededicated. And as you would dedicate, you know, you dedicated your, your fellowship hall. And, but I'm thankful this morning that not only can there be a dedication of our lives here this morning, there can be lives that maybe you've never fully dedicated yourself. But this is an awesome opportunity in His presence to say, Lord, I want to fully dedicate myself. You know, it starts with that. Don't, don't, you can't look and say, well, Brother Samuel, you don't know what's in my life. I don't need to know. I don't need because I can't do nothing about it anyhow. But if you could just say that within your heart or in your life, and you could just say, Lord, I want to fully dedicate myself to you. I, I want to... I don't want to be half in or half out, and it don't matter what age you are, but Lord, I want to be so fully dedicated, Lord, to you. He'll come to that. That's according to his pattern. It's surrender. You could say, Lord, I want to rededicate myself. I, I, I see as the word as it comes forth, because the truth is, every time when the word is coming, it challenges our life. And if, if we're not being challenged, something's wrong. If it's not, it's not say, so, well, something's wrong with the ministry. There, there could be, but I, it, it might be we're just not receiving in the right way. We might need the shovel instead of the pitchfork. Say, Lord, because everything, there's something from me. And I believe that what Brother Barry had said, I believe that. I said, God, there's something from me in this service. Don't let me miss it. Don't let me miss it. Let, let me hear when you're speaking my name. You're dealing with my life. Let me just respond to that. And you know, you don't even have to wait to the end of the service. You can write while the word's coming forth. You can write there, and the work can take take place. Don't 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 hinder it. Just say yes, Lord. If you had to repent of it, just just let it go right there. The Holy Spirit, He'll move right there in your life, and you'll be able to walk right on the rest of the service. That's the awesome operation of the Holy Spirit. A rededication of our life, even as the Word's coming forth. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Till we come to that place and say, Ooh, that gauge is a little low, Lord. It's not exactly ready for blast off yet, but Lord, by Your help, I'm going to be able, I'm going to say, check. And He works. Don't you love Him? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Dear God, how we thank you that you've not left us without a witness. We thank you, Father, for even as we look over your inspired word, Lord, we do not see it as history. We see it as prophecy. For this hour, that which is being fulfilled, Lord, even now, that God, how that you came to those who were chosen, and you begin to make yourself known according to the Scriptures that all must be fulfilled. Lord, you're the same God that would speak to our hearts here this morning. Lord, for every promise to be fulfilled. Lord, I ask right now, dear God, for hearts, Lord, that are here that have not made a full dedication, but in your presence... Lord, their hearts are being drawn. They're not even going to let fears hold their hands back. 
They're not going to let that. They're casting that aside because, Lord Jesus, Your love, Your life is pulsating here. And they're, they're not making a, a commitment based on their ability to keep it, Lord. They're saying, Lord, I dedicate myself to You, Lord. You're calling me Lord. And I want to just dedicate myself fully to You. I pray, Heavenly Father, grant that right now this morning, Lord. May every hold of the enemy, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, you're defeated. God, may you just move, Lord, I pray. Move, Lord, into that life as they dedicate themselves to you, Lord. Dedicating their life, dedicating to a place to say, Lord, that experience, that birth of the Word, of the Holy Ghost in my life, that belongs to me. I dedicate myself to it. I forsake my ideas. I lay down. I lay down the loves and desires for these things. I, I want you, Lord, more than anything. Because without you, Lord, I'm I'm just I'm just Lord, just a any like like any other mortal. You're the one who makes the difference, Lord. I need you, Lord, to come make a difference in my life. Grant it, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, perhaps there's hearts that's here that, Lord, like all of us, and we don't, Lord, we, we, we don't just say this to be saying it, but Lord, we find this truly in our hearts. When you speak to us, oh God, there's a yearning, there's a drawing, a desire, Lord, as you're making your word known and you're speaking to our lives, Lord, in such tenderness and even in times of correction, Lord. You're trying to help us to see, Lord, that the desire that we would be dedicated, Lord, to You, more dedicated. You, Lord, I, I look at it many times and I, I think of how the prophet, Lord, was around in that time and You begin to give that, that, that vision of the black mamba and speaking to Him. And when He come out of it, You told Him, You must be more sincere. And his response was, Lord, forgive me for my insincerity. Help me to be more sincere. I think, Lord, as he stood there and recognizing your day and its message, he said, Lord, create in me a revival. Send in me what is needed to create that revival. Lord, he made that prayer to you. He said, oh, God, just sending more of yourself, Lord. I think, Lord, as he stood before his congregation in the message, in his presence, and he asked them to forgive him after, Lord, with the brown bear, he let them know that was there. I missed it. But he said these words. He asked the congregation, and he asked you, forgive me for my, for being dilatory. Lord, I'm going to be honest. I would never have think, I would never think of the prophet as being dilatory, meaning being lazy. But what he was looking at is what you revealed, Lord. I'm not going to let anybody pressure me out of it. I want to be fully to it. Lord, we can be hard workers. We can be so dedicated to our jobs, dedicated to this and that, but don't. May we be found dedicated to you most of all. 
We could be dedicated to all those other things and one little deviation here. That God help us this morning. I know your presence is here to minister to our hearts, Lord. So right now, Lord, in a rededication, Lord, we give ourselves to you, Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, I surrender all. Yes, I surrender all. All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. All to Jesus.
Christians would do that because we have confidence in the shaper. We have confidence in the breaker, don't we? We have confidence in the one who molds us and shapes us. I'll tell you what, I, I just I so appreciated the word today. And, you know, it comes down to one question. Brother Sam made this one statement. He simply said, who do you want to have in your midst? Who do you want to have in your midst? And when it comes to the children of Israel and them making the tabernacle, the whole goal was not to have a beautiful tabernacle. The whole goal was to have God in their midst. Right? When Solomon dedicated the temple, it was not, well, see what a great job we've done. It was, we want to have him come in our midst. 
And in the same, exactly the same way, every one of us have to answer that question. Who do you want to have in the middle of your life? Who do you want to have in, in, the, in the midst of your family? Well, you've got to go by a pattern. You've got to build according to an outline that God's given. There's only one way to have him come into your midst, and that is we do it even as the Lord said unto Moses. Even as the Lord said. Even as the Lord said. Even as the Lord said. And that's how you do it. You, you attract him through your obedience. You attract him through your, your willingness to surrender. And I, I think it's, you know, the pattern hasn't changed. The blueprint hasn't changed over all of these years. And I think today is a great day. If you've never made a surrender in your life, today is a great day. It's never been a better day to surrender your life to Christ. And just to say, Lord, I, 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 I'm, I'm just going to cease from my own ways, my own pattern, and I'm just going to give my life to you. There's never been a better day. But there's also never been a better day for you to rededicate your life to Christ. And there, like Brother Sam says, sometimes we, we just wind up thinking differently than how we used to. We have a different attitude, have a different level of patience than we used to, used to before. And sometimes it doesn't, doesn't uh, hurt us at all to look at the pattern and say, Wow, this is what this is and this is where I am. Somebody needs to move. i got news for you. God's not going to move. He's not going to change his pattern for us. He's going to encourage us to come to that pattern every time. The best thing you can do is give your life away. best thing you can do is surrender it and just lay yourself at his altar and let him take you and shape you in the way that you're meant to fit in this whole program. Sing it with me this morning. If you want to have prayer, if you want to get, make a surrender in your heart, you just come on right up here. Brother Sam will pray with you. I'll pray with you. There's never been a better day for you to do that than now. Whatever need you have, whatever it is in your life, whatever it is that you're struggling with, let me tell you, you just need to come back and line up with that pattern. That's how you attract the presence of God. I give myself away. Yeah. 
one of us, oh God, I believe every believer in this place today, our desire, Lord, would be, we want you to come to this place. We want you to come into our lives, Lord, to bring us closer to that image you had of us. Just like you had an image of the tabernacle. You passed it on to Moses and David passed it on to Solomon in the spirit. And Lord Jesus, may we enter into that same spirit to receive the description of the pattern that we might become exactly like it. Lord, just allow your Holy Spirit to shape us and mold us. Lord, do the work that's necessary. 
Father, may our spirits, may our, may our flesh not resist, Lord, but may, Father, we just give in to that work that only you can do in our lives. We present ourselves to you, Lord, afresh today. We thank you for the word of life. We thank you for the challenge it brings to us. And, Lord, may now you just minister to every heart and allow the word to fall deep within our hearts. We thank you. We love you, Lord. We appreciate so much how, Lord, you come by and speak to us in such a timely way. Have your way, Lord, we pray. And we'll give you thanks in the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. He knows my fits everybody. That's a word that challenges everyone, I'll tell you that. We have lunch prepared, so right after we dismiss you this morning, you're welcome to head over to the fellowship hall and find you a place to to sit, and we'll uh, let you know how we're going to do that over there. So we're going to dismiss you this morning in the name of the Lord, and uh, we appreciate uh, Brother Sam and the the word that's uh, gone forth today, but just uh, keep your hearts open, keep your minds open, and uh, I'm sure God has more to say to us tonight. Let's sing that little chorus, It's Jesus I Really Want to See, as uh, we dismiss this morning. May God bless you. It's Jesus.